1: I'm so excited. Um, we're still in the, in the series, It's a Wonderful Life. And it couldn't be more appropriate for this message. When I was asked to preach, it, I, I felt like this message was on my heart way before. Um, so I'm really excited. But first, I wanna honor our senior pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. I just, they are the most amazing pastors and what just happened with night of christmas i want you to know that it was so significant in our city and i'm so proud to be a part of a church that would put on something like night of christmas and i want to honor our campus pastors pastor mike and katie the greatest pastors campus pastors we just love them so much and they've been such a blessing to us we just we couldn't be more thankful for you and for pastor stacy you guys, how can we be doubly blessed with Pastor's Jaegers and with Pastor Stacy? Come on, we're we're so blessed here. But um so we're in this series. It's a wonderful life, like I said. And um For weeks now and months, Rudy and I had just been reflecting on just how wonderful our life is. Like way before this series, like we cannot believe the life that we get to live. And it's only because of the grace of God, because of his goodness and his faithfulness that we get to live this wonderful life. We have the most beautiful family. Everybody's doing well. We have grandchildren that are just amazing and we love our church family we love you guys we love that we get to serve here in the house of God there's just so many things we have amazing friends that we do life with we travel with we have the most fun with we really are just living the most wonderful life but I want to give all the glory to God for that. And there's certain principles that God taught us very early on when we first became Christians. And Rudy and I, we're a little ahead of most of you guys in age. (laughs) Uh, So we have a little bit of experience under our belts. And I want to share just key principles from the Word of God that have caused us to be able to live that wonderful life that we're living right now. The title of my message is Unwrapping a Wonderful Life. Um, and Second Peter 1, 3 through 4 says this. It says, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And we can also say God has given us everything we need for a wonderful life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So this scripture says that we already have everything that you and I need to be able to live a godly life, a wonderful life. So I'm gonna pray and just kick this off, okay? Pray with me. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in the house of God, Lord. Father, I just, I love the beauty of the house of God, the beauty of your people, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that I can express your heart for your people tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to speak through me. Father, I thank you that tonight, Minds are going to shift. Breakthroughs going to happen. Thank you, Father, that you're going to minister to each one of us in the most powerful and personal way, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So these are four keys to have a wonderful life. We're going to unwrap this wonderful life. And point number one is have childlike faith. Rudy and I, when we first became Christians, we were basically children. (laughs) I was 18 years old. Rudy was 22. and, um, And we had just that childlike faith. Somebody told us about Jesus. And they said, open up your heart. Give your life to Jesus. And we said, okay, yes, we'll do that. And we prayed and we received Jesus. Then they said, you have to read the word of God. So we went out and we bought two Bibles and started reading the word of God. And we had just childlike faith. Whatever the word of God said, we just believed it. We just lived it. Um, They taught us about tithing. And immediately, you know, we looked for it in the Word of God. It was there, so we began to tithe right away. And I think that that childlike faith that we had just set us on a journey um, to just trust God, to just believe God. And um, I remember years ago friends and people in the church would always look for me and say, hey, would you pray for me? I I know that when you pray, God does things. And and it wasn't that I had this special prayer, uh, like, um, this incredible prayer, like, power, it was that I just had faith to believe God. And so I, I, I just want to talk about childlike faith. Luke 18, 16 through 17 says, then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. We need to have that childlike faith. And when you think of a child, you know, if if there's a, a, a child on a ledge and you just open your arms like this and you say jump, what do they do? They just jump. Children have faith. They just trust. And and children, they're they're just full of awe and wonder. And that's how God wants our hearts to be toward Him. God wants us to have hearts that just trust Him, that are in awe of Him, that, that are believing the best of a good God. And and um, so what, what happens if you don't have that childlike faith? Because, I mean, life happens to all of us. And there are seasons in life where we're struggling to have faith. Maybe we've been praying for something, believing for something, and we just haven't seen it happen. What do we do then? Well, Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, and I love that scripture because it tells me that Jesus is the one that initiated faith in us, okay? So if you think like that you're full of faith, you got to give the glory to God because he's the one that initiates that faith. In another translation, it says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he's the one that authored that faith in us, and so if you're lacking in faith, all you have to do is go to him. All you have to do is go to the author of faith and say, Jesus, I need faith. Strengthen my faith. And we know that the word also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we want to grow in faith, if we want our faith to get stronger, if we want to develop that muscle, we got to go to the word and we got to go to Jesus himself. Um, I was reminded, preparing this message, um, about the story in Mark 9 of that father who his son, um, he was possessed by a demon. And it, and the Bible says that that demon would try to throw him into the fire, into the water to try to kill the little boy. And this father was desperate. He wanted healing for his little boy. And so Jesus tells this father, he sell, he says that if you believe anything is possible. And this father looks to Jesus and he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And how many of us have been in that situation where we have faith, but oh my gosh, I just need a little bit more help with that faith. Well, I want you to know that Jesus meets you where you're at. If you're needing faith, he's right there for you. So, childlike faith. Um, Point number two, point number one, did I say? Point number one, okay. Point number one is, point number two, I mean, is be humble. Be humble. And this is so important. I want to share a story with you. Um, When I was a little girl, from the time I was very little, I was taught because of situations that my mom had gone through, um, trauma in her life and stuff, my mom taught me that when you get married, um, your in-laws, they are not your family. Your in-laws... They don't love you, they don't care about you, and basically your in-laws are your enemy, okay? That's what I was taught from the time I was a little girl. So you can just imagine how I went into marriage. I went into marriage on the defensive like, this is not my family, this is your family. And, um, and so you can just imagine the problems that that caused, okay? And it wasn't long before, you know, I felt hurt about things, I was offended about some things, and, um, and I took everything personal. I mean everything. If it, if it wasn't about me, it was about me. Um, So, you know, very quickly, there was a lot of separation and division in the family. And my family suffered for it. Rudy wasn't as close to his family anymore as he he wanted to be. Our children didn't have the relationship with their aunts and uncles and cousins like they should have had. Um, And it was all because of this wrong thinking, this wrong mindset that I had. But thanks for the word of God. Thank you for the word of God. The word of God is a mirror. The Bible, when we read it, it shows us our heart. And I thank God for the word of God. And I thank God for the house of God. Because in the house of God, I saw people that had a really good and healthy relationship with their in-laws. They actually loved their in-laws. And, and so I said, I said, you know what? I think the problem is me. (laughs) And and so I had to humble myself. I had to humble myself. I had to recognize and admit that the issues were mine. And I had to repent. And I I repented and I said, God, forgive me for believing this lie. Forgive me for the anger and the resentment that I've harbored. And, And you know what? The Bible says that uh, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And when we humble ourselves before God, oh my gosh, he's right there. He's right there to meet us. Um, And that's not the end of the story. Just wait. Okay. But you know what? Humility is about recognizing when we're wrong. It's about admitting that we have messed up. F- humility is about being quick to ask for forgiveness, to forgive quickly. And I had to ask my husband for forgiveness. I had to ask my in-laws for forgiveness. What? <laughs> I had to ask my in-laws for forgiveness. And you know what? God is so good. Oh my gosh, what God has done. Uh, but yeah, I had to admit that I was wrong. And 1 John 1.9 says, but if we freely admit our sins, when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's powerful. When the the light hits our sin and we see it, we got to be quick to repent, to ask God for forgiveness. Um, So I've learned um, to be really thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I've learned to just embrace the correction of God. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel so good, but afterward, afterward, it's so good to when we receive that correction and um this is this is the the end of the story, well, kind of the end of the story. just um, i I repented, I asked for forgiveness, like I said, and because my heart was softened now, I started to develop a different relationship with my in-laws. I started to really love them and appreciate them and see the best in them and Just um, a couple months ago in October, Rudy and I went to Guadalajara for our nephew's wedding. And we had just the most magnificent time with our family. But the day before the wedding, we had a luncheon. If if you guys don't know, Rudy is the youngest of 10 children. (laughs) he's the baby and all his brothers and sisters were present and the spouses at this big luncheon and it was just such a we had a wonderful time we were celebrating that one of his sisters is cancer free she beat cancer praise God and we were just praise God thank you God and and we were just having the most wonderful time together. And then the old one of the oldest brothers got up and started um, to speak and say some words to the family. And then another brother, and and then one of my sister-in-laws, in fact, the one that I had had like the most issues with, she, she turned around to me and she said, she said, Gladys, you get up and speak. She said, you, you, you speak really beautiful. And I was like, I do? When have you ever heard me? But, but, But you know what? I took the opportunity because I was honored. I was so honored. Listen, what, what, What could have been destroyed forever, that relationship with my in-laws, with my family, it could have been destroyed forever. And here I was sitting, having the most wonderful time with my in-laws, with my family. And I didn't just have a seat at the table. I had a voice. I had a voice with them. And let me tell you something. It was the most tender and beautiful gift from God because I was able to get up and I shared from Psalm 133 that says that how beautiful, how wonderful it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. That's what Psalm 133 says. And then it says that that unity commands a blessing and my sister in law was videotaping it, and she put it all over Instagram for several days. And they were texting me and saying, Hey, where can I find this in scripture? And it was such a beautiful gift from God to me. I want you to know that God is a redeemer of even the worst things that we do, God is a restorer. He restored our family. And we, we love each other, and I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to God, and God, God wants to do the same for you. I want you to know that. And um, so I, I think you know that. We all make a lot of mistakes, like all the time we make mistakes, but if we just run to God, if we confess our sins, like I said before, you know, 1 Peter 1.5 says, God resists you when you're proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you're humble. When we're humble, his grace is multiplied to us, Yeah. So that's beautiful. And then um, point number three is wisdom. Let me find my notes here. Yes, it's so good. So point number three. (laughs) Point number three is seek wisdom. And, you know, I, I put... I put point number three, wisdom after humility, because humility always precedes wisdom. If we want wisdom, we have to be humble enough to realize that we need wisdom. So Wisdom, wisdom always comes after humility. And this is what Proverbs three thirteen through 18 says about wisdom. It says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. "'Wisdom is more precious than rubies. "'Nothing you desire can compare with her. "'She offers you long life in her right hand "'and riches and honor in her left. "'She will guide you down delightful paths. "'All her ways are satisfying. "'Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. "'Happy are those who who hold her tightly.'" And, oh my gosh, who doesn't need wisdom? We all need wisdom, and in every area of our life, um, we need wisdom. And uh, I love this scripture because it talks about all that wisdom brings to our life. Like, who doesn't want a long, satisfying life? Who doesn't want a life filled with joy, with happiness? And, and I think riches and honor are pretty good, too. <laughs> I don't mind riches and honor, too. But those all come from wisdom. And when, when Rudy and I first got married... Um, none of, neither one of us were like very good with finances. We had never learned to save. We weren't savers. Um, we just kind of were, we just, were just playing it by, by ear. And, um... And so Rudy started working for his family. He was in the family business, and he was a very good employee, a hard worker. So he started getting promotions and raises, and and we were living very comfortably. We had a a really good life, and we were always tithing. Like, tithing has been a non-negotiable since we got saved. Um, And so God was really blessing us. But how many of you know that, that, you know, faith without works is dead. And so we had faith, we were tithing and stuff, but then in the area of finances our works were not good works. We were not responsible, we were getting into debt, we were living above our means. Just we we never had a budget, so that got us into financial trouble. Like we really got into debt and and then but God is so good and I remember so many times like three times I prayed and I said God I get us out of debt and we Rudy would get a bonus and we'd pay off all our debt and then we'd turn around and get right back into debt again like and and all this time God was trying to teach us about wisdom in finances like we'd be given a book and Rudy would like put it away or you know Um, yeah God was trying to teach us godly principles about giving but we just wanted to do our own thing at that time and so you know we we just We weren't following the principles, the biblical principles of finances. And we were not responsible. Um, We weren't good stewards of the things that God was giving us, blessing us. And in 2007, um, the family business had a collapse. I mean, the family business, it was over, and we had a lot of debt. I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and, um, and we were in serious financial troubles. We lost our house. We lost our cars. We basically lost everything. Uh, we couldn't pay for our kids' private school anymore. We went from living in a big house to a small apartment. We, we like, went through a radical lifestyle change because we weren't prepared. We had never saved. Um, you know, we, we hadn't made good decisions. But again, that's not the end of the story. Um, you know, the Bible says that Whoever lacks wisdom to just ask God, that's what the Bible says. It says in, in James 1:5, "If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and He will give it. He won't see your lack of vision as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with His generous grace. Isn't that, isn't that so powerful? He'll overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. So now, you know, we lost everything, and uh, now we know we really need wisdom. (laughs) Now we're turning to the books. Like, really, every book, Rudy... Bought every book, the Dave Ramsey books and The Millionaire Next Door and all all the books. And we took a course at the Rock Church that was the Rock Financial course. We took it. It was like six or eight weeks. And we made a budget. And then Rudy even got this software uh, program that, that was called Envelopes. And so our check would go in our bank account and then that Software program would allocate funds like towards the rent and car payment. All the au- the funds were allocated, and then whatever we had left over was our spending money, and it wasn't much. <laughs> I remember that um, on Sundays after church, we used to go to Costco and eat the, $150, the one fifty, the dollar hot dog, and that was like our outing. And and um, and I mean, you know, we we made it work, but. Rudy got so much. He got so into this software program. And then every time we, yeah, he was like so into it. And every time that we would spend, he'd get a notice on his phone. So that was annoying. Uh, I'd be like at, I'd be like at Walmart and I, and then like I'm leaving Walmart And all of a sudden, he's calling me on the phone. He's like, Did you just spend $50 at Walmart? What'd you buy? I was like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, but you know what? But we turned things around. Rudy really committed to turning things around. He committed to really taking a hold of our finances, to being responsible, to turning things around. And it took us seven years, but we, after the seven years, we were 100% free of debt. And it feels so good to be 100% free of debt. Like it was amazing. And I want to tell you that now, you know, we still tithe, we give to vision builders, we we give generously, but now we're very responsible with the 90% too. We, 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 have planned for retirement. We invest our money. We live under our means, but it's because of the wisdom of God. There are principles in the word of God that if we live by them, they'll protect us. They'll give us that wonderful life that we're wanting. And in finances, that's so important, but we need wisdom in every area of our life. We need wisdom. Um, We need wisdom in marriage, in parenting. The Bible says that, I think it's Matthew 24, it says that, um, that, a wise man builds his life on the solid foundation that is the word of God. When we build our life on not just learning what the Bible says but actually doing what the Bible says, that's when we're wise. When we when we when we do that, we are wise. And you know what? You can look around and there's people that are ahead of you in marriage. There's people that have expe- that have ex- uh, a lot of experience They've already parented their kids. Um, there's, there's a wealth of wisdom here in the church. In, so there's no excuse for us. If we want wisdom, it's available to us. We can read books. We can go to conferences. There is wisdom available for us. And point number four is be generous. And I think this might be like, my favorite point, (laughs) because because there there is something that only generosity can unlock, and that is the windows of heaven. The blessing of God, the windows of heaven being opened, being unlocked, are only through our generosity. And Rudy and I, we have that testimony that we have been generous, and God, we've seen God just open up the windows of heaven. We cannot believe sometimes just the life that we get to live, and how God has blessed us, and how God has restored us, even in finances, and he's multiplied us now, and we're so thankful for, for that. And you know, generosity isn't just about finances, even though and that's a big part of it. But we can be generous with our time serving here in the church. We can be generous with words of encouragement. You know, to somebody who needs a word of encouragement, You, you a word of encouragement doesn't cost us anything. But for somebody that needs it, it's priceless. And we can be generous. We can be generous with our life. I think, I think that sometimes when we think of generosity, we just limit it to finances, but I want to encourage you that, that we'd be generous with our entire life, that we'd be generous to love people, generous to forgive, that we'd forgive readily, that we'd, that we'd be like people that are full of generosity. Um, one of the things that that I love that Pastor Jurgen teaches, he says that we're always planting seeds, even when we don't realize it. We're planting seeds. Our actions, our even our thoughts, they're seeds that we plant. And um, remember, I told you that you know we went through that financial crisis and everything. Um, well, during that time. Um, I said we could no longer pay for our kids' um, tuition for the private school, and that school that that they went to, um, it was also it belonged to our church, and we had sown in our church. We were faithful tithers. Um, we had sown into the school whenever um, there was somebody who in a kid who didn't have enough money for camp. We would sponsor them. We had always sown. And so when the school found out that our kids were not going to start the school year because we could no longer afford it, they reached out to us and they offered us scholarships for the three of our kids. And it was tens of thousands of dollars. And they they offered us that, those scholarships. And that's when you know oh my gosh like really what you sow you reap like that's that's like a living testimony of of like what the word of God says that when you sow you reap and it it was Rudy and I were seriously we were blown away and so humbled and our kids went to school that year in that private school and towards the end of the year Rudy got a bonus. It was like two weeks before school was out. Rudy got a bonus. And we felt from God to just sew it back into the school. And we paid. We paid the tuition for the three kids. And it was such a blessing to us. Because we we didn't want to stop that flow of God's blessings. When we're generous, it unlocks things that nothing else can unlock. So I just want to encourage you to be generous. I want to I encourage you not to have fear over generosity. Sometimes we think that when we're giving, we're losing. But when we're giving, we're gaining so much more. It's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. You know, you might be like sitting here and thinking like well you know that's really good for you <laughs> and like your wonderful life that's that's awesome but you might be sitting here thinking like I I haven't planted good seeds and my life doesn't look that wonderful or you could be thinking my life is good but I'm not experiencing that wonderful life that you're talking about and i I have to tell you that there's nothing special about me and Rudy except that we have taken those principles that God has taught us and we've put them into practice. And that was, that's unwrapped that beautiful life, that wonderful life that Jesus paid for us to have. And I want you to know you can have that. And if you, if you say, well, I haven't, planted those good seeds and I'm I right now my harvest doesn't look that good you know what God says that his mercies are new every morning every day we have a new day to make new decisions and to plant new seeds that are going to bring a different harvest than we've had before so I want to encourage you I want to give you hope remember what God has done like you know, I've made so many mistakes in my life and this this has been a prayer of mine, okay? I'm like, God, I really messed this up and now you're going to have to fix it. And that's a real prayer and I've told God that because there are things that that I've messed up that only God could fix. But I want to remind you again, He can redeem those things. He, he can restore those things, the things that have been lost, the things that have been broken, our failures. He restores us, and He wants to do that. He wants to do that for you. Um, lastly, I, I want to talk to you about regret. You know there I could be regretting like time lost with Rudy's family I could be regretting like things that we've lost like oh my gosh we lost our home at that time but I don't do that I don't do that because Jesus paid for me to live in freedom not with regrets God wants me to live with joy I'm not gonna let those regrets Haunt me. I'm not going to let those regrets steal from me. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to tell you tonight that He doesn't want you to live with regret. God doesn't want you to live with regret. We've all made mistakes. We've all experienced failure. All of us. But we have the most beautiful, redeeming God. And so, tonight, one of the things that I most want to pray for is for God to release us from those regrets. So if everyone will take a stand, I'm going to pray for that. And as I'm praying, um, I just want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I want the Holy Spirit to bring up to you, to to your remembrance, those things that maybe you have been carrying regret over, those things that have been painful, those things that have caused damage in your family. I want you to let the Holy Spirit minister to you as I pray. And as, as I pray, I want you to just release them to God. I want you to quietly say, I release this to you, whatever it is. If it's a divorce, then release it to God. If you made a big mistake and it's hurt your family, if you committed adultery, release it to God. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, whatever it is, God God is so gracious, he's so merciful and forgiving and he wants us to live with freedom. So I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you that you are a good God father i thank you that your word says that when we confess our sins you're faithful and just to forgive us to cleanse us from all unrighteousness father i bring all of those regrets that we might be carrying before you lord god and father we just release them to you right now we we will no longer walk around with regret god we won't let regret steal any joy from our lives, any peace, right now in the name of Jesus, we release all regret to You. And we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You're gonna do a new thing. We thank You, Holy Spirit, that You bring bring us new life. Thank You, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did.